Salinas is known as the salad bowl of the world because of the amount of produce that is grown and farmed here, including salad greens such as strawberries and lettuce. It's estimated that agriculture contributes 8.2 billion to the local economy per year. If you drive down just past downtown Salinas, you'll soon find rows and rows of farm workers tending to fields. The transformation from local government buildings and restaurants is stark, as if to highlight the difference between one type of job and another. The job of a farm worker is a difficult one, filled with long hours spent bending down over and over again to pick the crops. And the majority of farm workers are of Latino descent and are immigrants. They come to this country to look for better paying work and a better life. But often what they find is a complicated mix of good and bad. The Salinas Californian is launching a limited series podcast starting with this episode, featuring interviews with the farm worker and those adjacent to the agriculture business. We will take a look at what it was like to work in a pandemic, including the support that may have been lacking. For our first episode, I spoke with Laura Barajas, an employee with the United Farm Workers Union, which has long advocated for the rights of farm workers, also known as campesinos, since the days of Cesar Chavez. In interviewing him, I found myself in the busy parking lot of a Spanish supermarket in Watsonville. Cars, trucks, and motorcycles drove all around us, seeking a quick trip to the market, as we spoke about what farm workers deserve and just how essential they are to our everyday lives. Hi, can you introduce yourself for our listeners? Uh, yes, uh, Laura Barajas, uh, working with United Farm Workers. And what do you do for them? Uh, well, I, I have been doing like... Uh, Organizing uh, totally new workers, administrating the contracts where we already have contracts. Uh, whenever we need uh, strikes or boycotts, so I I have been involved in, in in all of that in my my time with the union. And how did you first get involved with the union? Well, this happened in '96 uh, with when UFW launched the, the big uh, strawberry campaign in Salinas, Watsonville area, um, back in the '90s. And tell me about that campaign. Oof, uh, was beautiful, but very wild. Uh, we we got sometimes about uh, seventy organizers. Um, we did marches against, I mean, to inspire workers, this and that. But growers did uh, marches against us. So it was a very dynamic uh, campaign, and we got some contracts out of that uh, uh, campaign. But uh, after like 20, in the 2000s, we moved to other industries like uh, grapes and in uh, other areas. And what was the ultimate goal of that campaign? Was it to just get better contracts? Uh, I think uh, yes, but also um, improving the lives and working conditions for workers. So let me tell you that when we first start those campaigns, 
almost no farm workers had uh, holidays or uh, medical uh, insurance. And like a month after we start, a lot of the companies start giving the workers paid holidays and uh, medical plans for works and families. So the change for workers was amazing. Uh, bathrooms, uh, the treatment, uh, medical plans, better wages, was, was amazing. A lot of changes. And why did you decide you wanted to be involved in this work? Well, I'm myself a farm worker. I, uh, I came to this country when I was 16 years old. 15, I, I, got, I turned 16 when I was here. My dad and my bro- old, older brothers, they were working on the uh, agriculture in San Joaquin Valley. Um, so I started working also in the fields pretty young. And uh, after some years, I, I, I decided to go back to college in Modesto, Modesto Junior College. And so I was doing that uh, when I was in my early 20s. And then the union invited me to, to participate in this campaign. So, so that's why. Uh, I noticed the big changes on 70, in the 80s. In the 80s, the minimum wage in California was like $3 per hour. We were on the contract. We were making five twenty-five per hour. It's like if right now we a farm worker can make thirty dollars per hour, more or less. So what's amazing? We had very good wages at that time. Medical plan, vacations, uh, holiday pays. We had a good package at that time, and that's why I decided to to come and try to help. To get the same thing for other people? Yes. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about recently with the pandemic, what are some things you observed while working at the UFW regarding farm workers in the pandemic? Do you think that the pandemic has made things worse? Yes, a lot of people die. Uh, and uh, I noticed that The farm works sometimes become a fashion, uh, and people start talking nice about farm workers because uh, become like this. Um, I mean, th- this pandemic and the fires last year wa- were terrible, and so, but. Um, I remember uh, a reporter called, uh, I had a Zoom meeting with, with him, uh, he was in Miami, and he told me, he asked me, when are the farm workers are going to stop working? No, they're not going to stop. Why? Because you and I and the rest of the country need to eat. Uh, <laughs> 
so they're so essential. They're, they're, they're not just the fashion. They, they're, they're, they're real essential. But I noticed, you know, like, they become, like, these times where they're kind of popular and everybody likes to talk about it. So, um, I saw, I saw, like, those, those things happening, but, um, basically, the, uh, the way farm workers work and live is part of all the uh, contagious they had. Uh, they they forced to live two or uh, three families together because there's no housing and the housing is very expensive. A house here in Salinas cost Thirty-five hundred, four thousand dollars. How? So that's one. Probably they need to write uh, somebody else to try to help themselves. And there's people don't have cars that they need to travel with others. So that provokes the infections. Mm-hmm. And then the way they work. They work so together that it needs eight, nine hours a day. So if somebody is already with the virus and they're working so close to each other, it's easy to pass it to the other worker. So that's what I observed that. Uh, again, the working conditions are not in favor of uh, farm workers. And they're in disadvantage. They're essential, but they're in, in, in disadvantage and, and protections in a lot of ways. Um, so that's what I've been observing in the last two years, this year and last year. And what does UFW do to try to help with that? Well, uh, Whenever we notice, because I, I didn't believe was so serious, and I was like resisting closing our office, and, but what we started doing right away was <clears throat> to ask for uh, the uh, food bank for food. And basically, we had a we have a big office where we had uh, we 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 can be able to like put uh, 250 300 people in a big hall we have. So when we shut down all, all that activity, we just pack the, the the this hall with food, water, and we started the distribution. We get uh, right at right away. Uh, I think last year we distributed like more than half a million of masks. Uh, we start working right away on the uh, vaccination uh, to make sure that all the farm workers who, who, who need it, who want it, 
they can have it. Um, and we we were fighting. Uh, I remember one of those meetings that uh, when I asked, uh, we had a meetings with the counties, some meetings where we were discussing about vaccines for farm workers, and, and they told me, I told them, well, tell me, farm workers, when is the turn? And they go, well, probably it's going to be around uh, November of this year. I go, hell no. We said that they were exemption. They need to be exemption. Uh, I mean, they were wrong. They, uh, they, they, they didn't know what they, they were saying. <laughs> but <laughs> the point is that we pushed them so hard that, uh, and by March, the first, the, the, the first vaccinations start on farm workers. So, so we have been working in all those areas. Uh, food, face masks, uh, vaccines, and uh, distribution, fund distributions, monies. Uh, together with the foundation, we, we get it federal and from the state, and especially they, they were distributing millions of dollars to farm workers and, and, and native people. So, we, we we have been in, in, in other areas, but uh, those are the ones who come to my mind right away. And still, we're working uh, right now with other organizations to invite invite more, more than any other other thing. Uh, invite the workers who have not received the vaccine to take it because, I mean, a lot of people die. And there's a lot of people resisting to have the vaccine. So we are still working with, with them in any way we can to, to encourage them to or inform themselves uh, for whatever doubts they have, respecting the right of uh, everybody who wants to have it or not. But at least continue informing people where the vaccines continue available for people who want it to have Did you notice any changes with any of the agricultural companies during the pandemic? Were they giving more sick days or were they not being helpful? Um, well, it's like um, I've seen companies especially the ones we have contracts with and really taking a good uh, role on paying right away the sick uh, days, paying sick days, uh, paying the two weeks. Um, and we know because, I mean, whenever somebody was sick, the company and the workers let them. And we follow up with those workers about, uh, to make sure if uh, they were getting paid the days or not. Yes. But we, we heard from other, uh, other companies where they, they did it. They were hiding the cases. 
uh, and uh, we saw workers on Facebook and talking about it, other workers calling us, especially H2A workers. We receive a lot of calls from them saying, um, we know that we have workers uh, and there's the rumor that uh, they have the uh, virus. They told me that three of them were uh, with COVID and nobody knew who they were. So I was talking with this worker and he said, this is bad because I don't know if I'm talking with the guy who caused the virus. And the company is not informing us. Uh, so, yeah, it was pretty bad because I think the worst is like those cases, do you know that you have people infected around you? And the company didn't provide the information uh, to others to protect them. So, yeah, we found a lot of cases like that. Uh, in others, I remember two cases. One was in uh, San Juan, San Juan Batista here. Uh, there was a packing. There were a lot of workers with the virus. And uh, the company refusing to accept and forcing the workers to continue working. And there was another case in San Joaquin Valley where we got involved because the workers told us. But basically, uh, the company start even firing some workers just for for talking, and those I mean those were like 30, 40 cases that uh, prove that they have the virus, and the company was forcing those workers to continue working. So uh, yeah, we we found uh, companies not. Paying others, forcing the workers, hiding the cases, uh, and yeah, we, we saw all that. What are some next steps as we kind of start to move out of the pandemic and things are opening back up? What are some of the things you guys are working on coming up in the next few months? We need to continue, uh, like, reminding workers to get the vaccine uh, probably on farm workers we might have 45-50% people vaccinated so there's a lot of risk still because you have probably half uh, so That's what we're going to continue doing. And I think uh, 
I think uh, we need more information on uh, the uh, results of the vaccines. Uh, the public need to have need to hear more about farm workers, even in the pandemic. If they give me to choose, what do you want? You want a doctor or you want a farm worker? I would say I want a farm worker. I need to eat three times a day, at least. <laughs> but they cannot compete with their wages, with doctors, lawyers, and teachers. And so basically, in this pandemic and the fires and other things, the essential that they are. This podcast has been produced and edited by Angelica Cabral of the Salinas Californian with support from Cheyenne Romero of the Visalia Times Delta. Mm-hmm.